Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week, the Tech Night Owl Live is brought to you in part by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For the audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Owl. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Rick Mijlowski, from the register and by the way he used to be executive editor back in the 1990s of mac user magazine and later on of mac addicts so he's been around the apple universe for many years we'll also hear from daniel berg of the verge all this and more on the tech night owl live <laughs> rick mishleski is an old friend let me tell you that right off the bat quite interesting here about our history together back in the 1990s he hired me to write articles as a contributor to Mac User Magazine. Six months later, what happened, Rick? Well, we were merged with Macworld. They took you over. No, we, they, a separate company was formed. Mac Publishing was formed. It was separate from IDG, excuse me, and from uh, Ziff Davis. And Macworld and Mac User were merged. Some staff came from Mac User and some staff came from Macworld. And some contributors who just joined one magazine no longer had those opportunities. And some executive editors, uh, one that I can think of, was offered the position of special projects, which sounded like chief scientist, meaning get out of here, and refused and went off into a different world. So, Rick Mijlowski, tell us about the world that you entered after you left that publication. Oh, my word. For a while, I had my own company called Smart People, which did. Uh, technology consulting, mostly on the writing side, white papers and the like. Then I was hired by Future. I don't know if you remember them. They used to do what was called Mac Addict, which uh, then merged, morphed, excuse me, into Mac Life, which became a, ooh, shall we say, lifestyle Macintosh magazine. At that point, I was in my late 50s, and I thought being the editor-in-chief of a lifestyle magazine is not really what I should be doing because I had no life, uh, but more important, I had no style. So I At went, least you admit it. I won't admit that, you know, that I have no <laughs> life or style. <laughs> exactly. My wife reminds me every other day. And you should listen. In any case, uh, so I worked to set up the MacLife website, worked to design and get that one up and running. And then I left to do freelancing for a while. And then I was hired by The Register, which is a London-based uh, sort of global IT deep tech web news service. We have as our tagline, we bite the hand that feeds IT. So we're a snarky, nasty, pleasantly humorous website doing news. And you're snarky and nasty about a lot of subjects. Personally, I'm my major beats are chip-based. I'm the deep tech geek guy for Intel and AMD and, you know, other chip people, ARM. And, you know, they're, they're not really chippy. They're, they design chips and other folks. And also, I cover Apple. Yes, that's kind of like an afterthought or what? No, no. I started covering Apple in 1989 when I was first hired at Mac User. And it's deep in my veins. You can't rip it out without ripping out my heart. Uh, I am an Apple man through and through okay well you know i know about things that get ripped out of your heart okay so now we bring us up to the present day and we mm -hmm. bring us to apple yes and there's an article from you 
in the register this week. And let me just ask you a simple question. Maybe it's snarky. Should we put Tuesday, October 15th on our calendars for a special Apple event? You read the article. That tip came from a French website by the name of Mac Generation, which doesn't really have the best reputation when it comes to predictions, rumors, prognostications, and speculation. So I wouldn't put it on your calendar, or if you do, write it in pencil. People use pencils? I've heard tell. Oh, that's kind of weird. But, you know, if we look at Apple's history and when we expect the next iPad, that's not far afield, is it? It could be the week before. I don't think it'll be more than the week later. Because Apple wants to get a big jump on the holiday sales. Yeah, that would be about the right time. But that's a single source, single rumor, rumor. So I wouldn't uh, put any stock in it yet. Though, it, you know, it may very well be correct. We have to ask Jim Dalrymple. Uh, he would be reading the same Mac Generation article as would you and I. Except that when he says yes or no, he tends to be right. He's kind of an interesting character, isn't he? That's why I'm saying that uh, he wouldn't say yes or no. He would likely say what you or I would say, which would be, eh, let's wait. He'll hear about it before it happens. He almost always does. Okay, so if we look at the possibility of the next iPad, Mm -hmm. what do we expect to see? Is the iPad mini going to have that retina display? Can Apple do it cheaply enough? All the Asian sources, the parts people that like people like Digitimes and the like talk to and Quo, uh, Ming Quo come, uh, talks to, they all tend to say that there will be a retina iPad mini out before the end of this year. And interestingly enough, that an iPad mini C, as it were, <laughs> will be out beginning of next year. An iPad mini C. A cheaper iPad mini. So it's kind of be like this year's iPad mini, the one up till the next one, in different colors? Who knows about the colors, but probably with a uh, smaller bezel, a little bit lighter, better industrial design. We should explain that Digitimes is an Asian-based tech publication that frequently gets this stuff wrong. Yeah, but the the reason they frequently get stuff wrong is that they frequently make assessments and predictions so if you make 172 predictions and you get 42 wrong you know that's frequently getting something wrong if you make 100 if you make 42 predictions and get them all right then big deal you know you're not sticking your neck out they stick their neck out a lot well i think if you got you know two-thirds of your predictions correct that'd be pretty good oh i would be happy as a clam you know if i get one correct i'm just jumping for joy Exactly. But then my wife would be jealous of Joy, so we don't want that to happen. Yeah, you don't want jumping on Joy. Oh, Oh, jumping for Joy, not on. Excuse me. Boy, your mind is in a terrible place. So with the full-size iPad, that becomes thinner, that becomes lighter? Yeah, thinner, lighter, smaller bezel. I still have my iPad 1, which was just called an iPad. It weighs approximately 42 pounds, I believe. And so having a thinner, lighter iPad will make it actually a reading device to compete with a Kindle, which right now it it simply is not. You think that's the key point there, that you can't hold it in one hand comfortably? Uh, Unless, you know, you're a basketball player, then it's no big deal. I'm six foot three and weigh 200 pounds, and I still don't like carrying it in one hand. And I'm six foot two and I weigh 195. And I don't either. You know, I won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's why I was really surprised at how nice the the iPad mini is. I first saw it, you know, at the rollouts and all that and thought, this thing's too small. But then I went played with a friend's for an hour or so, and it's a nice little machine. 
Steve Jobs was wrong. Interesting. Well, remember, it's 7.9 inches, not 7 inches. Oh, yes. I know. Okay. And, uh, I don't know if that's a distinction with a difference. I think it is. There are some jokes that can be made there, which I will not make. Unfortunately, this is a family radio show. Exactly. And I have a sense of the kind of jokes that Rick's going to tell. So I don't want him to do that because he's really a nice guy. Thank but you. we're going to be snarky. We want to be snarky. So where Apple is now mm-hmm. in terms of the iPad. Mm-hmm. What can we be snarky about? And we have a minute before we do the break, so you don't have much snarkiness to offer. About the iPad, you know, it's too big for most uses. It's great if it's sitting on its stand. You know, what, what do they call its cover now? The magic cover or something like that. That's great. But if you're carrying it around, it's too big. Uh, the interesting thing, though, and we can get to this in another s- segment, is what's really interesting is iOS 7. And what happened with the iPhone uh, 5S, which is about to happen with the fifth generation iPad. When you hear the show, ladies and gentlemen, the iPhone 5S will be available. We're doing this show on the eve of the release of iOS 7, but that doesn't mean we don't know about it. So it's going to be a fascinating journey as we continue. Our guest is Rick Mishlusky, who has a long and storied career, and he can tell you stories about it in the Mac universe. He's currently with The Register, a snarky IT publication from the UK. And I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, September 17, 2013. Gold opened this morning at 1321.80. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1369.69, 684.85 for a half ounce, or 342.42 for a quarter ounce. That's 1369.69, 684.85, and 342.42. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. 
an e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com. Or call 870-525-1440. 870-525-1440. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Every time you eat a cooked food, your body responds by producing an increase in circulating white blood cells. This happens because nature designed us to eat food that is undamaged at the molecular level. When we heat food to normal cooking temperatures, we change the shape of the molecules into shapes the body cannot use. The body now looks at them as toxins and allergens. In an effort to protect itself from this irritant, the body intelligently increases the amount of circulating white blood cells to act as garbage collectors. The white blood cells gobble up all the unusable damage food particles to neutralize their cell damaging properties. This puts stress on your organs of elimination and your body is subject to cell damage and inflammation. If you'd like to start experiencing the benefits of undamaged protein in your diet, give One World Way a try. It is a truly undamaged protein powder that will thrill your tastes and every cell of your body. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWHEY.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Rick Mishlowski. And he's currently working with The Register, an IT publication based out of the U.K., and he works in San Francisco. He covers chips and all that good stuff, and he also covers Apple. And we're talking about the iPad, especially the larger one, because it's kind of thick, it's kind of heavy, and you think Apple is going to give it a diet. I hope Apple's going to give it a diet. Well, there you go. Yeah. It has to be true, because Apple's going to give it a diet. I was 230 a couple of years ago, and now I'm just under 200, and my wife likes me better. So, hey, diets are good. Especially if your wife likes you better. But also, you know, you live longer if you keep that weight down. Yeah. Well, my wife equals the Macintosh community when it comes – or not the Macintosh, excuse me. The app, I'm just showing my age. The Apple community when it comes to uh, iOS devices. So I think the iOS community will like iPad a lot better if it loses a few pounds. Four ounces. Well, you kind of think Apple can do that. I think so. Now, let's look at iOS 7. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about this ahead of the release, but that doesn't bother us. Some people criticized it. They didn't like the look or the type fonts or anything like that. But a lot of the critics didn't say much about the things it does. Right. 
Yeah, well, I, I, there are people who will criticize Apple no matter what. There are people who always like to smack the leader. There are people who think that they know more than Apple does. There are people who think Tim Cook is a loser because he's not Steve Jobs. Uh, you will always find naysayers when it comes to Apple because of passion. Okay, let's look with passion okay. or lack of passion or dispassionate with regard to the iPad. So the next generation will probably be a little thinner, probably mm-hmm. going to be a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. It's going to have an A7 chip, almost mm-hmm. a given. Which is a lovely chip. And more importantly, it'll have the M7 chip. Well, let's talk about the A7. Now, as many of you listeners know, the A7 chip is Apple's first foray into 64-bit mobile computing. Mm-hmm. It's based on an ARM platform that nobody else is using yet, right? Yet, you know, yet. I mean, it, the, look look at your watch to see when the next people will be using it. It's It's coming. Okay, so other than the obvious advantages of something having more than four gigs of memory, there are actual real performance advantages today for the A7 64-bit chip. Right, most definitely. And there are, more than that, there are advantages tomorrow. Do you want me to give you some examples? Or? Why don't you explain? Yes, because... People see the 64-bit, what does that that mean for me? How does that improve my life? Well, it's not as much the 64-bit as it's the ARM architecture. It's called the ARM lowercase v8 architecture. And one of the things it does is it allows for, okay, here we're getting geeky, bare metal hypervisors. And what that means is that somebody can write, like Apple, an operating system that allows you to run multiple operating systems at the same time on the same chip, meaning that you can split off different applications into different application areas, which allows for greater security, greater uh, ability to, let's say, manage multiple users. So on an enterprise level, this is killer. You can run an iPad Let's, let's say I'm, I'm an enterprise and I'm running iPads in my industrial uh, management area. I can have different users use different applications totally safely, totally securely, totally separately from one another. That's- Let me ask you also about coolness. Would it be possible then for it to virtualize the traditional OS X yes. and provide an ARM-based compatible version on the yes. same chip, so developers won't have to rush to do all their apps again. Yes. In other words, you could put an A7 or an A8 down the road a piece uh, into a MacBook Air, and you could run macOS 10 on it, and you could run iOS 8 on it, and you could you know, use different apps. I mean, different apps from different uh, operating systems. Okay, so now we're getting interesting. What yeah. kind of performance would you give up, if anything? running OS X on the chip level? You'd give up a little bit, but since it's bare metal, bare metal means it runs right on the silicon. It's not running an emulation. Uh, It's running right on that silicon. And so you're not really giving up much, though obviously you're giving up a little because an Intel Core processor is more powerful than an ARM V8 processor. Currently, we will Currently. Yeah, we will see what comes down the road a piece when the, the next generation of ARM processors comes out, which is which are, you know, in development right now. And it could be much lower power, meaning lower power, meaning lower battery, I mean, higher battery life, lower power consuming, 
And, you know, with that, you get smaller batteries, you get lighter. And also, when you're running on, let's say, a MacBook Air, you're not running Logic Pro on it. You're not running Final Cut Pro on it. You're doing daily productivity tasks. So you're not exactly pushing that processor to the limit. And you expect over time app developers will get with the program, but this reduces the pressure on them. But I guess the other issue is how fast can you make an ARM chip and can the ARM architecture come close to Intel's best chips? No, no. The ARM architecture cannot come close to Intel's pro chips, but Intel's pro chips don't need, aren't needed for most tasks. Now that's saying that about Intel's pro chips, that's not talking about Intel's Atom chips, you know, which is its smaller, low power chips, or its new Quark chips, which are for the Internet of Things. There's uh, quotes around both of those. But if you're talking about, you know, Core i7s and Core i5s and Core i3s, ARM isn't going to reach that within noise. I mean, within in the near future. But how many people really need that? To be perfectly honest, how many people really need that? So ARM theoretically, is- here, Apple could use this smaller capacity, this lower power chip, and maybe build a 699 or a 799 MacBook Air, and it runs your OS X stuff, but the people who need that extra performance still get Intel inside, and those who don't get something that they can run most of their Mac apps with good performance and yeah. use iOS. I mean, iWork runs on ARM, because you know Apple's chips are ARM, so iWork runs on that. That's no problem. So that's productivity. But I'm not going to run Logic Pro on it. I'm not going to run high-end 64-track audio work on an ARM chip in the next few years. But that's only, what, 10% of users or whatever? Or fewer. Fewer, fewer. I would say. So, again... I mean, how, how many Mac Pros do you think they're going to sell when the, when the uh, you know, computer in a beer can shows up? You know, uh, okay, well, it depends on whether it's Bud or whatever. I don't drink yeah. beer. I have no way of... By the way, defining this, I am not uh, a beer drinker in real life, and I couldn't even name the manufacturers except when I hear them in commercials. But yeah, I would guess, and we'll go into this in the next segment, my guess is if Apple sells 50000 the first quarter, that's going to be a lot. Because this is not going to be a cheap computer. We're talking about something pretty loaded with two graphics chips, the high end. Oh, yeah. I say it's going to be either twenty nine ninety nine or thirty four ninety nine for the entry level Mac Pro. Okay, Rick Mishlowski may have his own opinions, but we'll have him give you those opinions in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Neighbors, I think you know that I have to do a lot of reading to prepare for my shows for the Tech Night Out Live and, of course, the Paracast. I can't just sit down and read a book. A lot of times I have to get an audio book from Audible.com. You know, that's the leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. And you could listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. So, for example, very recently I've been listening once again to the authorized biography, Steve Jobs, by Walter Isaacson. Of course, you remember that great comment that Steve Jobs made that he had cracked the code of building the greatest TV interface ever. Audible has it. 
With over 100,000 titles of virtually every genre, you'll find just what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today. Sign up at www.audiblepodcast.com slash technighthow. September is National Preparedness Month in the U.S., and it's National Savings Month at Freeze-Dry Guy. Are you prepared to save? All Mountain House freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans are now 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These long-lasting foods for emergency preparedness with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These easy foods for camping, backpacking, hunting, and sailing are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These delicious foods, freeze-dried to lock in the taste, aroma, and freshness, are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. All cans of Mountain House freeze-dried meats, entrees, fruits, and veggies are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. Be prepared and save 40% now through September 30th at freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. It's time for a home security quiz. What effective home security device is smaller than a coffee cup, fakes out burglars into thinking someone is home at your house while you're away, plugs into any wall outlet, is recommended by many police departments, and sells for less than $30? Yes, it's fake TV. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in, with burglars usually picking the easy target, a dark house that looks like no one is home. Fake TV is a small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV by simulating the light from a real TV. Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked. To get your fake TV for only $29.95 with free shipping, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Rick Michleski, he's with The Register now, a UK-based publication, and he has a long and storied career. We used that already. No more stories. <laughs> In the Mac universe. Okay. So I came out with a couple of suggestions about the beer can in a box or whatever. 
the Mac Pro, the 2013 Mac Pro, which we expect sometime in October, I guess. Okay, I said $29.99 or $34.99 for the price that Apple would sell about 50000 the first quarter. What do you think? I'm thinking $24.99 and fewer than 50000 because they're, the, the whole Thunderbolt expansion uh, methodology that they're uh, they're wanting to do that in that quote quote ecosystem isn't really there yet. So I'm I'm thinking fewer. You think this is a long term, high yeah. end product, not the short term. Yeah. The all. fascinating thing though is you know Thunderbolt, uh, which is you know Thunderbolt two, which is doubling the throughput, is going to be soon. What's what I'm looking for? Fought with by PCIe external, and so you're going to be able to go straight from your your internal PCIe infrastructure in your Mac uh, out to PCIe extenders like storage and boxes that you plug your Avid cards into and all that good stuff. So Thunderbolt, I don't think, really has that much of a future, to be perfectly frank. So it's maybe an intermediate drop, as I said. Yeah, yeah, because Thunderbolt requires controllers on either end, uh, and so that's an extra chip, that's extra cost, where PCIe just comes straight out of your box, straight into another box, because the the beer can uh, machine, you know, the Mac Pro, just uh, doesn't have anything inside it except graphics and uh, I.O. and processors and memory, obviously. So why is there no PCIe slot? Who knows? I mean, you can you can go from Thunderbolt to a PCIe extender, box but that requires controllers but when the pcie pure you know pcie to pcie happens that won't happen until next year you won't have to spend that extra coin on those controllers so apple sticks one of those on and sees what happens and then cuts back on the thunderbolt we shall see we shall see okay so in the long term this is a really compelling product but this is the first iteration, so you're not expecting all sorts of miracles this time out. And there are obviously going to be a lot of skeptical, high-end people who will think of it that way. Yeah. Well, what I want to do, though, is I want to start a third-party company that takes that cylinder, that black cylinder, and makes a Guinness 16-ounce beer can cover for it. I think it would be gorgeous. Right. But don't try to drink it, folks. <laughs> yes. It'll uh, okay. Be, it'll, be, it'll be warm. Well, do we do bets then about sales? I don't think Apple will report the actual sales. It'll be merged with the other Macs, right. so you'll never know how many they sold, except, right. you know, anecdotally perhaps. As yeah. to the price, I don't know. Twenty four ninety nine is actually, I think, for what they're offering, quite cheap. I think it's also a question whether flash memory gets affordable. That's, I think, one thing that bothers people, I think, still about the way Apple prices the iPhone, the iPad. So, as you know, if you go from 16 gigabytes to 32, it's a $100 jump. And it costs, what, $10 more for the chip? Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in flash memory right now. We could have an entire, we could talk an hour about what's happening in flash memory. There's some fascinating things going on. Well, let's talk to the people who want to know practically. Flash memory is expensive. Can I buy, you know, a terabyte flash memory drive? For two hundred dollars, when's that going to happen? I don't know. I, I'll just have to say I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm. I've been an industry, been in the industry as a r- journalist for many, many years, and punditry is something I try to avoid at all costs. I try to say what I know, and I have no idea. Nobody knows. But what is guess. happening in flash memory that 
our listeners would like to know about? Oh, well, a number of things. One is that Samsung has just developed 3D flash memory, which is, see, flash memory has gotten down so freaking small that the individual cells in the flash memory cells are starting to interfere with one another. And so you can't make it any smaller. So what Samsung has essentially done is taken, picture a, a row of flash memory cells, then fold it in the middle and slap them up vertically. That's what they're doing. And so then they stack those one next to each other so you can get enormous densities into one chip, like terabyte chips, which is pretty impressive. So that's the way you actually bring the price down, ultimately. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's there's other stuff, too. Like there's lattice structure flash memory, which uses a whole other way of doing flash memory, which also what I won't even get into because it's too deep geek. And then there's another one, which use you know, hard drives are these days are are run by what's called here we go, geeky, the giant magnetoresistive effect. What it essentially means is it, it works on the spin torque of the magnetic element. There are people who have worked on spin torque flash memory, orthogonal spin torque flash memory, which means it all goes in the same direction, which makes flash memory have no response time. It's just immediate, which means that you can have, you can replace flash memory. You can replace your computer's memory, which always needs to have power to it, needs to be refreshed, blah, 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 with non-volatile flash memory. And once that happens, which will take probably about two years or so, the power requirements for a any sort of device, an iDevice, a Mac, anything, whatever, will dip immensely because you don't have to spend power keeping your flat, your DRAM alive. Okay, so let's think about this here, that your existing iPhone yeah, with all this new stuff mm-hmm. could have, number one, a lot more storage, right. number two, a lot more accessible memory, and number right. three, you can run it for three or four days before you have to recharge. You got it. Hey, I knew, and I didn't know anything about this stuff. Yeah. I was able to guess, you know. <laughs> now, the important thing you mentioned here is that we kind of laugh at Samsung. Oh, they copied the iPhone stuff. But they do a lot of innovative things in other areas and other divisions of the company. Oh, sure. They're, they're a ginormous company. Meaning they're a big multinational corporation with many yeah. legs, like uh, multiple octopus or octopi. Yeah, nice refrigerators. They do, and their TV sets are really good. Yeah. And I used to have a Samsung DVD player, pretty good, but it had one screwy defect where within a minute at the beginning of playing a DVD, it would stop for a couple of seconds and start again. Huh. You know, say la vie. <laughs> Operator error, Gene. Okay, well, that's it. It's all my fault. It's the old prob- problem between uh, chair and keyboard. In the next couple of years, we're going to see lots of new developments in flash memory. Right. And these will filter in right. to the smartphones, into the tablets, into the personal computers. So one day you really will have the $200 terabyte solid state drive or even cheaper. Uh, you know, price is an interesting thing, isn't it? It's not always due to manufacturing or materials. It's due to market. So people will lower their prices as the market will bear. So we'll we'll see a re, you know we'll see some competitors, but as the market starts consolidating, I mean, how many people can build these things? How many people can fab these things? Uh, I, I wouldn't expect 
that much competition. So price will go down when it goes down. The, the, see, one of the problems right now with the, you know, you know Moore's Law, right? Okay, this is old. Moore, of course, was a co-founder of Intel. Gordy. Gordy. Oh, Gordy. Yeah. And this was about the number of transistors will, like, double every 12 to 18 months, something right. like that. So Apple's, you know, talking about a billion transistors in this A7 chip, which is not unique amongst chips as they go. But listen, it's unique in terms of a mobile chip. Neighbors, coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll be hearing from our old friend Dan Berg, He's from The Verge, and he has a lot of information to offer, particularly about the new iPhone that will be shipping by the time you hear this episode. So we've got quite a lot to talk about. we got someone who's always unique, Rick Majlowski, with The Register, a British IT pub. That's snarky. More snarkiness on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Times are changing, and violent crimes against law-abiding citizens are out of control. Protect yourself with legal, affordable, 100% made-in-the-USA ballistic body armor. Available at AR500.com. Rated for calibers up to 308 Winchester. Packages including armor start at only $210. It's the right of every responsible American citizen to own body armor. Get some at 602-501-9607 or AR500.com. Available only at HempUSA.org. It's the first aid stick, and it's a must-have in any medical kit. With fast, chemical-free healing, the first aid stick stops bleeding, kills bacteria, is great for acne, insect bites, minor cuts and abrasions, will last for years, and is just $11.95. Everyone needs the first aid stick in their emergency kit. Call 888-910-4367. 888-910-4367. The first aid stick only at HempUSA.org. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. 
You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177-201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Rick Mishlowski joining us on the Tech Night Out Live for this segment. And we're talking about all the new things happening with personal computers, mobile computers, about developments in flash memory, all the things that will soon take over the industry. So anyway, we're talking about Moore's Law, where the number of transistors doubles every 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I was at a conference recently. I should tell you about this. Uh, the Flash Memory Summit. Boy, was that a geek fest, I'll tell you. Where one guy got up uh, to, to give a talk. And he was, uh, you know, he's been around the block. He was one of the head men at Intel, etc. And he says, Moore's Law is about to run into a wall. And everybody's been talking about Moore's Law running into a wall for about, you know, 10 years, maybe 20 years. Because you can't sh- keep shrinking transistors. And for good physical reasons, because you, as uh, Mark Bohr, who's one of the the head of, used to be one of the head guys at Intel Labs, once told me, you run out of atoms. You know, you quite simply do. But this guy, and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He says, no, we're going to run into a wall because it's not going to be financially feasible anymore. It's getting so expensive to build these fabs, the foundries that make chips. It's getting so, so, so expensive that you can't make your investments back anymore. The more you shrink the size of a transistor, the more expensive it gets. And the more expensive it gets, you just, at some point, you say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not getting my money back. And anyway, how much more performance do we need? You know, of course, more performance is better, but there are other ways to do it rather than simply to follow Moore's law. I mean, there are things like uh, this thing called extreme ultraviolet lithography, which was, you know, right now chips are u- are etched using good old-fashioned light, you know, that stuff that hits our eyes and makes us see our television. Light waves are way too big. 
anymore. So they're now going through all these things about multiple patterns and the masks and all this, yada, yada, yada. And this thing called extreme ultraviolet lithography was supposed to be able to carve chips at a much smaller space. Well, it was supposed to be working a couple of years ago, and it ain't. It's not working. It's too expensive. It's too complicated. I could give you an hour about all the problems with EUV, extreme ultraviolet lithography. So what are we going to do? How are we going to make chips smaller? Graphene, you know, carbon nanotubes, quantum computing. We're at an amazingly interesting point right now in chip development. Check in in another couple of years. So basically, when you hit the wall, you're basically going to turn in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Or bounce off and fall down on your tail. Well, we've been doing that for years, but we always seem to get up and continue. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, eventually, as Mark Bohr said, you run out of atoms. Physics gets in the way. And what this other guy was was telling me was, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. It's just getting too blasted expensive, and the return on investment isn't worth it. So someone has to find a way of building a higher-powered, in terms of processing power or whatever, chip by a different method, and Mm -hmm. one that's still affordable to produce so people can have them in real products. Right. Yeah, and there's lots of different things. There's, there's this thing called 3-5 materials that's based on the periodical table. Uh, how many electrons in the outer shell, 3 or 5, where they mix them together. Gallium arsenide is one of the big ones. Put that on top of silicon. It moves faster. You don't have the atom problem. Then there's the carbon nanotube thing. We're a long way from making that manufacturable. It's great in the lab. I mean, it's fabulous in the lab, but you got to build billions of these chips i mean the internet of things as everybody refers to it is going to require billions and billions as carl sagan might say of chips and of course you know you're going to want those to be lower power which means smaller die sizes and smaller transistors but you can't make them cheap enough yet so we're just at an inflection point right now which is going to be really interesting i'm not saying it's not going to happen i'm just saying that If you uh, have a child and she's asking you, Daddy, what should I do when I grow up? It's fix this problem and you'll make squillions of dollars. In fact, that's what we'll call them. When he's 21 or she's 21, we'll call them squillions. Of course, he might invest, he might or she might invent dilithium crystals. That would be lovely. Okay. Hi, Captain. Dilithium crystals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's our answer, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to suggest that somebody out there will invent dilithium crystals, and they'll solve the problem with chips. All right, let's move back to the iPhone. Let's do that. All right, let's turn it back to the iPhone. Now, I'm reading the reviews, and you have too. Sure. Everybody seems to love it. You know, it's the greatest thing on the planet. You have minor little things that maybe it doesn't do. Okay, it doesn't do 802.11 AC Wi-Fi, but who needs that kind of speed on a smartphone? And who wants to spend that much power, too, you know? Well, that's it. When people criticize Apple Mm -hmm. for lacking a feature, quite often it's because that feature has trade-offs. Sure. Yeah. One of the interesting things I find, you must be reading different media sources than I have, because I've been seeing people trashing the iPhone 5S and 5C and saying, oh, Apple has failed again, you know, since... Steve Jobs left, Tim Cook is driving it into a world of mediocrity, and we're all driving Chevys. Okay, and, well, here's the reviews I've seen. Anantech. Oh, and, yeah, but they're, they're smart. 
an all things D and yeah. gadget or or is. Captain Picard says, "Engage at no, forget it." Yes. Yeah. TechCrunch, the loop, mm-hmm. CNET. See, I'm 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 mostly talking about the investor community. Okay, because I, I follow the business side of things as well. What is wrong with the investor community? How come they seem to have such a disconnect about Apple? I mean, for example, oh, the five C, the iPhone five C is plastic. So why is it so expensive? And I thought as I picked up my plastic Samsung Galaxy S3 which cost about the same as the iPhone 5S, I thought what are they complaining about? Yeah, exactly. Don't get me started on the investment community. It's it's a what a, what was the line from the first Star Trek, a hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> you know. You're talking but, about this recording studio. Uh, but seriously, there are many things in the iPhone 5S that are not intended really for today. They are intended for tomorrow. They are seeding a whole new, quote, quote, I hate this word, ecosystem uh, of 64-bit M7-enabled core motion API, lots of different things that will come to fruition in the future. But the developer community is hot and bothered as well they should be and happy about what's happening well change is change well look at the criticisms cnet made now i will tell you when i wrote for cnet Mm -hmm. they always said make sure no matter how good the product is find anything (laughs) to put under the bad you have the good and the bad so okay the bad from cnet external design is identical to that of the iphone 5 including a four-inch screen that looks downright tiny next to Android competitors. But we know the way Apple works, they do major case or form factor updates on alternate years, but maybe they don't realize that. For now, the fingerprint sensor only works with Apple apps. The 64-bit A7 processor and N7 motion tracking chip don't have killer apps yet. All right, yeah, it just started, for heaven's sake. Oh, it's a new platform. It's a new way for developers to produce more powerful apps. But they're not all available today, so therefore we'll make it a negative. So like Henry Ford comes out with the Model T and Engadget or CNET says, where are the freeways? There are no freeways. Yeah, same diff. Right, exactly. You know, something dumb. iOS 7 differences are potentially jarring for longtime iPhone users. But consider this, ladies and gentlemen, they all said, well, Apple needs to change the iOS. I mean, it looks the same for six years. Make it different. Let's see a major change. Okay, here's a major change, iOS 7. Oh, my God, it's a change. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's, you know, I've, I've been a journalist for, what, nearly 30 years now, and I've tried to stop myself from saying those kind of things, but I probably have fallen victim to it myself. It's it's herd mentality. That's we're, it. We're and as I said, it. part of the CNET mythos here is that they always have negatives. No matter what you review, it's got to have a negative as far as you can pull out that negative. And sometimes you had to pull really hard. You had to stretch. Well, I, I actually, I think that's a reasonable thing to say that, you know, no product is perfect. Okay, if we don't do this break, a lot of things are not going to be perfect in our lives. Rick Mischleski joins Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective, alternative, and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. One more segment with Rick Mischlewski of The Register, a snarky IT publication. We understand that when you review a product, you want to point out the things that are negatives. And we know they're going to hit Apple on the fact that it's a new thing, 64-bit, so you're not going to have a lot of apps, although they are inviting developers to submit 64-bit apps. But it's also true that only a small portion of the apps available will benefit. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's entirely true. I mean, not every app needs to be 64-bit. When I'm doing email, uh, how much memory do I need to access? But as, as I said well, earlier... if you use Microsoft the, Outlook for the Mac, you need a lot. Yeah, exactly. I, that's why I don't use Outlook for the Mac. I'll tell you, I have tried since 2011, or two and a half years since that product first came out. I've tried to use it for more than a day without saying, this is a piece of crap, let me quit this app and never use it again for the rest of my life as an expression that uh, you know stefan samoji yes yes as he would refer to it as it sucks dead bunnies through a garden hose and you think here that app originally started as almost an offshoot to an apple app called claris emailer oh my and microsoft hired the developers and they picked up a lot of those ideas and they did okay and then Microsoft did the Microsoft treatment. 
Yeah. Let's face it. Microsoft is the the BlackBerry of the desktop these days. Okay, looking at negatives of the new iPhones, they say Apple needs to get something bigger than four inches. I disagree. Well, I'll tell you something. I have the Samsung Galaxy S4. Uh Uh-huh. It is hard, real hard, to get in and out of my pocket. Yeah. A phone is a phone. A tablet is a tablet. This whole concept of phablets, P-H, you know, phablet, uh, I don't get. But again, who am I to say? The market decides. And the market is saying they like screens that are larger than the iPhone 5s or 5S. Give it to them. Fine. Let them have one. Apple has been said to be looking into a 5.7-inch screen display uh, or, you know, the major media rounds that up to six. Uh, Feel free. Have a wonderful time. Knock yourself out. Just don't stop making these compact ones for we normal human beings who don't have a size fetish. Well, I understand the companies that make uniforms for clowns with the big pockets. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just waiting for the next fablet. Yeah, they're they're going to be happy as clams. And to be honest, though, a for gaming and for video content, uh, a six inch screen is a lovely thing. You know, have have big pockets, knock yourself, or or for that matter, have a purse. You know, oh, half of us put our iPhones into purses, and that's great, wonderful. But for those of us who wear Levi five hundred ones all the time, keep it at four, or at least have one model at four. Okay, that's my hand raised, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Okay, I fit well into my Levi's, but I understand I can't wait to replace that Samsung Galaxy S4 with a normal iPhone. And not because of that. It's because a lot of these Google Android apps barely work. I mean, just to get Time Magazine's app to work Uh is a chore. It is really difficult. Half the time, you've got to back off on the screen. You've got to quit the apps using some kind of system optimizer, you know, this is good, right? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, you know, you don't have to go Android. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there are distinct advantages with, for uh, the iOS in, ecosystem. Why bother going Android? Uh, I don't see it. Okay, so looking at what Apple did, yes. it's never good enough for some people. Of course. Okay, but let's look at that. What did Apple not do? At their event on September 10th, which was the day after my birthday, when I reached 117 years of age. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I don't look a day over 150, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Okay. So what did Apple not do at that event that maybe they should have done? I have one thing they didn't do that I'm glad they didn't do, if that's of interest. Shoot. Near near field communications. Uh-huh. We had a discussion last week with a guy who writes for USA Today, Rob Pegarero. Uh-huh. I'm sure you know Rob. Sure, sure. He's, I don't now, know him. I don't know his name. That's okay. Right. He used to work with Washington Post, and now he's all over the place. Okay. So Rob said he sees areas where NFC works, like, for example, transit systems or toll roads or something like that, where it's nice just to have that in your smartphone so you just you know go through those things and it works. You know, for turnstiles. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I uh, we here in San Francisco have BART, and right. I have my Clipper card, and I just place it on top of the BART, uh, what do you call it, turnstile, and I go, th- go through every morning. Great. But uh, what iOS 7 has, are you familiar with iBeacon? I've heard the name. 
Yeah, iBeacon uses uh, Bluetooth LE, which means Bluetooth Low Energy. It's part of the Bluetooth 4.0 standard. And it not only can sense from 50 meters away, but it can detect distance. So it knows when you're 50 meters away. It knows when you're 10 meters away. It knows when you're 5 meters away. And it can provide you with different information based upon that distance. As opposed to NFC, which you have to be like, you know, ideally about, you know, a couple of inches away for it to work. So what what uh, iBeacon can do is you can walk into, let's say, you know, Costco or Neiman Marcus or something, and there will be these little iBeacon stations placed in the store, and it'll know that you just walked in, and it can send you different offers. And it can know when you're close to a specific item or a specific aisle, and it can send you information about specific items on that aisle. But even more interestingly, it can go the other direction. So your iPhone using uh, iOS 7 can send those iBeacon stations information like, leave me alone, <laughs> or only let me know about these things. Or I am shopping for pants, and I wear uh, 34-38. Show me where those are. So it, it can go both ways. That beats NFC's skanky little hiney by 50,000%. So as far as you're concerned, Apple will probably never do NFC. I don't know if it never will, because it all depends on infrastructure. So like if the entire world says, okay, we are now going to do all product payment by NFC, Apple will go, okay. Either they will figure out a way to, to get Bluetooth LE to do an NFC uh, emulation, or they'll pop an NFC chip in there. But uh, iBeacon is so superior to NFC, it's not even funny. But it's not that. It's looking at the bullet points. I mean, if you do at look at these articles, like seven ways in which say the Galaxy S4 is better mm -hmm. than the iPhone 5S. Another one is having two apps side by side. And I try that on a five-inch screen even. Yeah. What? what? You can't really do that. It doesn't make sense. It's too small. Yeah, why bother? But th this brings up another point where I will do now my 30-second rant. Uh, you will because we have about a minute and 20 for this segment, but I think we'll do one more before we let you go. Okay, the 30-second rant. I have no patience at all with people who either hate Android or hate iPhone, no matter what. They're like Shias and Sunnis. They're like Protestants and Catholics in Northern Ireland. They don't listen. They don't read. They don't reason. All they want to do is say, Apple bad or Google bad. Don't uh, you like his robotic voice? I yes. like that robotic voice. Apple, bad. Apple, that's almost like E.T. E.T., go home, Apple, bad, Apple, yes. good. Mine's more like E.T. E. after puberty, I think. You know, just to reflect on that for a moment. I think E.T. was a child. Yeah. I think that's the thing about it that people don't consider. They think, well, he's on that spaceship and he's looking for flowers. Therefore, he has to be an adult alien. He was basically a kid that mommy and daddy alien took to Earth. That's and he went he outside, and because he was foolish, they left him behind, you know, about the prime directive. 
We have another yep. Prime Directive that Rick Mazlowski is going to stick around for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Nutritious food is real body armor. It builds muscle, burns fat, improves digestion, and feeds the entire body the nutrients it needs. Did you know the U.S. government banned the hemp plant from growing in the United States and classified it as a Schedule One drug to hide it behind the marijuana plant? People have been confused about this plant for over 80 years, and many still don't know what hemp is. So now you know hemp is not marijuana, and marijuana is not hemp. They are different varieties of the same species. Hemp you USA.org wants the world to know these basic facts and to help people understand that hemp protein powder is the best-kept health secret you need to know about. Remember, hemp protein powder contains 53% protein, is gluten-free, anti-inflammatory, non-GMO, and is loaded with nutrients. Call 888-910-4367, 888-910-4367, and see what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you only at HempUSA.org. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, in 
insomnia and irritability. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Rick Michalewski joins us. He works with The Register. TheRegister.com. Yes, try that. Yeah. Or co.uk or something like that. Yeah, but you type in register.com. It, you know, we do a redirect. We're advanced technologists. Oh, you that's right. Well, you know, that's just a little two-line entry. You stick yeah. in the HD access file. Wow. You see, I know about them things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know about all that web lingo like HT access and redirects yes. and, and all that kind of nonsense. Going I, over my head, I'm a hardware guy. That's right. You never heard of Mod Rewrite. Oh, my God. I got to teach you stories about Mod Rewrite. Go on. He was going to say something, but we didn't want to repeat it because this is a family show and it gets to be pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, maybe Apple will have NFC, maybe not. But the big argument being, of course, here that... There's always going to be something Apple will never do because Apple has very sharply focused feature additions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, Apple is not a low-rent company. So, like, people have been, you know, saying, oh, my God, the 5C is so expensive. Hey, you know, one of the best analyses, I think, that I saw about this was written by, of all people, Jean-Louis Gasset, who used to be, you know, Apple's head hardware guy back, I think, in the Paleolithic age, who said... Uh, Before. Oh, before that, yes. Jurassic, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, uh, he said, you know, well, BMW, when they made the Mini as their sort of, quote, quote, low-end device, it was still a fine, expensive well-built, nicely engineered machine. Apple is not going to do a feature phone for 19.95. They shouldn't. That's not their market. They are the BMWs of smartphones. If Samsung wants to be GM, feel free. Go for it. You'll sell more and your margins will be lower and uh, you'll do just fine. That's not Apple's market. That's not Apple's game. Well, it doesn't stop them from selling stuff for less. Like, for example, did you know, I know Rick knows this, ladies and gentlemen, did you know if you live in China or India or Brazil and some other countries, you can still buy an iPhone 4? Yeah. But it's a real iPhone or run iOS 7. It's a pretty good no. phone. Oh, yeah, it will. That's right. That's right. That's right. It starts with the 4. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. It starts with the 4. And if you compare it to the cheap Android phones, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's an iPhone, for God's sake. You know, and maybe sells for four hundred dollars unlocked. Yeah, but um, you know, in China they subsidize heavily, and in Japan they subsidize heavily too. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and China is going to continue doing that. When Apple finally, absolutely finalizes its China Mobile, uh, they 
contract and distribution. They have 700 million subscribers. That's a pretty good TAM, as they call it, you know, the total addressable market. I think they're going to do okay. They're not going to sell 700 million of them because they are not Chevy. They are not Ford. They are the BMWs, the Mercedeses, and that's perfectly fine. Well, you see, when you're going to calculate market share, part of the problem is, you know, if you look at an automaker's market share, you have to look at the markets in which they operate. So, for example, BMW is not building something priced like a Hyundai Elantra, which is an entry-level comeback car. Right. Even the Mini is not super cheap, and you can get a Mini for over $35,000 if you option it up with everything. The key here is you can't compare the two. But if you compare BMW with the luxury division of GM Cadillac, you compare it with Lincoln, you can compare it with Volkswagen's luxury maker, which is Audi, Mm -hmm. they do pretty well. Yeah. No, I mean, I drive a Mini and I own an iPhone. Not because I have a lot of money. I'm a journalist. Of course I don't. Uh, It's because I don't buy many things, but when I buy something, I want to buy the best. And let's face it, iPhone is better than Samsung. That doesn't mean that Samsung is bad. There's nothing evil about Samsung. Uh, there's nothing moral about Samsung. Uh, it's just I prefer the that That's a better way of putting it. It's not that it's better than the Samsung. I prefer it to the Samsung. And that's all that really matters. You see, Samsung made different decisions. Yeah. Samsung would like to build a smartphone with one-tenth of an inch increments, if that's what's necessary. Yeah. and that's you want to innovate, we'll have a 4.75-inch whatever. Perfectly fine. I mean, knock yourself out, Samsung. Make one of those phablets that I can barely fit in my back pocket of my Levi's 501s, let alone my front pocket. By if the way, I think we have to wonder if Levi is going to give us a spit for this. Ah, well, if they do, I wear uh, 3438s and... I like 501 button flies. Send them over. Okay, I'll let them know. All right, thank I'm you. I'm kidding, but anyway. <laughs> yes. Okay, no, it's so... Just, it's just that the whole religious thing about Android versus Apple or Samsung versus the iPhone or iPad versus whatever Android tablet du jour is, it's nothing religious. It's nothing moral. It's just products. People, these are just products. I remember when I when I was first hired as editor in chief of Mac Attic Magazine. My first editorial, I said something like uh, something to the effect of, "I'm going to point out what Apple does right and what Apple does wrong." And I got a letter from a woman who was just incensed, saying, "I don't want to hear anything that Apple does wrong. Whatever Apple does is right. You know, you're here to promote Apple." And, oh wow you know no it's just a computer it's just a phone it's not a religion get off it you drive a chevy i drive a ford you drive a mini i drive a mercedes maybe actually i don't i drive a honda but you know the difference yeah when i was a a young man i was heavily into drag racing and we would get into these arguments about mopar which is chrysler versus versus gm and versus ford and it was just it started me out on this uh career of going this is really stupid let's see who wins the race okay well that's it you know i've had cars by a lot of different manufacturers i've had luxury cars i've had cheap cars Mm -hmm. but you know what most of the cars i bought they're pretty good 
Yeah. You know, and the ones you buy, you know, nowadays, in the last five or six years from almost any maker, there aren't too many clunkers in the batch. And if there are, people will stop buying them. And most cars today, you don't have to have a problem where you have to have the engine rebuild at 70,000 miles, as I did with my early Toyota Corona from many years ago. You know, before we get into another show, the car show, which I don't do, Rick Mishlusky, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. And before I do that, I should say, Gene, someday you and I should talk on, on this show about what's happening to cars in the future. Oh, yes. It's very fascinating. I've been following that very closely. All right. What I do, uh, it's the register, which is T-H-E, register, R-E-G-I-S-T-E-R, dot com. And we're out of London, but we have people all over the world. And we are deep geeks, folks. If you want to know in which... Uh, I'll use the term registers, are inside the CPUs and uh, GPUs of the latest AMD, Intel, Xeon, etc., etc. chips. Uh, we're where you go, and, uh, you know, we're geeks. We have fun. We bite the hand that feeds IT. Rick Mazleski, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440. 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. 
September is National Preparedness Month in the U.S., and it's National Savings Month at Freeze Dry Guy. Are you prepared to save? All Mountain House freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans are now 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These long-lasting foods for emergency preparedness with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These easy foods for camping, backpacking, hunting, and sailing are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These delicious foods, freeze-dried to lock in the taste, aroma, and freshness, are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. All cans of Mountain House freeze-dried meats, entrees, fruits, and veggies are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. Be prepared and save 40% now through September 30th at freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Utopia Silver understands that mainstream medicine and the rising cost of health care can financially destroy any family. We simply cannot afford to get sick. The only option is to stay healthy. Americans are learning that ill health is not caused by a deficiency of drugs. It's usually the result of a deficiency of minerals, vitamins, proper nutrition, and exercise. UtopiaSilver.com offers colloidal silver and healing protocols for vaccine and radiation poisoning, arthritis, insomnia, and more. If you're sick of unconstitutional government mandates, then stand up now and say no. The time is growing short to put this evil genie back in its bottle. Join Utopia Silver in promoting good health and fighting for our God-given health care rights. Visit utopiasilver.com, U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Dan Berg from The Verge. And we're on the verge of having a fascinating little session here, a little bit earlier in case you just tuned in. We had Rick Mijlowski, a longtime figure in the Apple and Mac universe. And he now works with the register. So we're covering a lot of ground here. Dan, welcome back to the show. Last time we talked with you, we, you were at a different publication. But mm-hmm. we're glad to see now you're at The Verge. And yeah, very happy uh, to be at The Verge as the reviews editor over there now. Ah, we'll talk about some of the things that you've reviewed. But let's look at the way Apple has been treated. So Apple, of course, is a vertically integrated company producing the hardware and the software. And they get criticized for that. And then Google, of course, an open operating system, which is available to any handset maker. And then they buy Motorola Mobility for $12.5 billion. And I guess that makes them vertically integrated because they produce their own software and hardware. And then we have Microsoft. Now, Nokia used to be the king of the mobile handset hill. And things aren't so good anymore. Maybe after they put that former Microsoft guy, Elon, over as CEO of Nokia. In any case, Microsoft acquires their handset division for what, $7.2 billion, was it, Dan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. so, so now Microsoft is trying to become vertically integrated? It seems like everybody is uh, trying to go after what Apple has or has been doing for years. And... 
I think is the right move to make. The best example that I have about why companies are doing this is they're looking at the iPhone and they're looking at things like the iPhone 5S and the integration with the fingerprint scanner. And that's something that is so instant when you put your finger on it, it's going to unlock, it's going to recognize it. And that can only come from having your hardware being tied specifically into the software like that. And so having just the software and other people making the hardware, things like that, that really make the good user experience are a lot slower and it's just not as optimized. And even with Android, if you like it, it's still, it up until just recently, it's still kind of felt slow compared to the iOS operating system. And the other manufacturers are just finally starting to realize and accept why that's been happening. We'll go into some of my experiences with iOS 7, comparing it to a Samsung Galaxy S4, which is, you know, one of the most powerful Android smartphones on the planet. But let's get back to what's happening here. So Microsoft, so now it becomes vertically integrated, and we're talking here about the fingerprint sensor feature. Now, early reviews mm-hmm. of the iPhone 5S state that it takes, what, 30 seconds a minute to set up, and then once you put your finger on the home button, it's like half a second. Now, that's a vertically integrated feature. Apple bought Authentech, mm-hmm. a company that pioneered fingerprint detection technology. So they brought that in-house. Now, have you ever tried a fingerprint sensor on a PC to see how they work? Yeah, I've used a lot of those. And Tell it- our listeners. Let's go in, into yeah. detail. Okay, so you get one of these PCs with a fingerprint sensor. And understand, Apple has long been urged to do the very same thing. So an Apple guy could, I guess, also add it to like a MacBook or something for those who are buying those for business. But all right, let's get back to this. What's involved in setting up one of those notebooks with the fingerprint sensor and how well do they work? Well, yeah, the interesting thing about Apple with the fingerprint scanner is they're doing it completely different than what's been happening in the past. So in the past, if you've gotten a notebook that has a fingerprint scanner, it's kind of been a a flat strip that, that you'll kind of recognize the horizontal line. And the way that that works is like a scanner. So you don't put your finger on it. What you do is you slide your finger across it. And what it's doing is taking a scan of your finger and then getting the fingerprint from that, and then matching it to the records that they have on file for your fingerprint. Instead, what Apple is doing is instantly kind of taking a picture of whatever part of your finger is on the little scanner there and then comparing that to their record. So the scanning takes so long because it's covering your entire finger. So that means that any angle that you put your finger on, it'll be recognized rather than a little tiny part of your finger only part of it and yeah from what i've heard it just works really well and is just really accurate so we're talking about a more sophisticated routine here and remember they're sticking the recording of your fingerprint in the a7 chip it's on a chip level it's not something that goes into the cloud it's not something that's stored in the flash memory it's on the chip that's pretty secure yeah exactly and they're not actually storing the picture of your fingerprint either. What they're doing is they're taking the data from their sensors and then they're converting that into an encrypted string. So it's just a string of letters and numbers that are meant to 
represent what your fingerprint is. And so it's not, a, it doesn't have a, a scan of your fingerprint. Nobody else can really reverse engineer what that is. Instead, every time you put your finger on it, it's transcoding that into the, the string and then comparing that to the string that exists already. A lot of people were initially were kind of concerned about having your fingerprint stored uh, on the phone or if they were sending it to the servers, but it turns out it's only directly on the chip, so it's really secure, and it's not even a picture of your fingerprint. It's, it's just a string, a, a secure string. So it's converting it to something that's highly encrypted, so it's not as if somebody can basically tear this apart. And let's get away from the gruesome depiction of the spy movies where they pull somebody's finger off, and they use that for the fingerprint sensor. That's not going to work here. Yeah, they specifically said that it's not going to work with any sort of, uh, I guess, severed finger, as they say. So, yeah, know, Apple it, doesn't it want to be... be blamed for people losing their <laughs> fingers. I, understand I don't think that. anybody wants to be blamed for that. I don't want to be blamed for that. Okay, so, no, so... it won't work. <laughs> well, you think then the next joke would be when Apple goes to retina sensing? I won't even say more. Okay. <laughs> true all right part of the advantage of having this integrated feature so this is one of the perceived advantages now let's look at microsoft and nokia here now nokia sells more of the windows phone handsets than other companies i think they've got like 80 or 90 percent of it yeah they 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 got almost all very close okay so samsung makes some htc makes some Mm -hmm. but Nokia is the first among equals. Microsoft has poured money into this. Yeah. So I don't understand here. Nokia was working as a separate company. They were first among equals for this technology. What advantage is it to anyone if Microsoft brings that company in-house? Where's their experience in this sort of thing? Uh, Their experience is with Nokia. They just bought the experience. Um, That's what I'm saying is here. They brought it in-house. But where's the advantage to that? Microsoft hasn't done well with acquisitions. Yeah, not all acquisitions are going to uh, do well for a company. Like with with Motorola, we took a a while after the acquisition before we saw the first phone, the Moto X, just recently. We can talk about that later because I love that phone. But I really feel like this Nokia purchase is a good move for Microsoft because it's it's hard to see exactly what sort of optimized stuff that they are either thinking of doing or can do now that they own both the hardware and the software. I think that having control of both is going to create a better product overall. And whether they know what they're doing right at this moment or not uh, remains to be seen. But either way, they're in the right direction uh, with purchasing Nokia. And I definitely think that they know that in the end, it'll be advantageous to own the hardware, the manufacturing, as well as the software that they're building. They did that with the Surface, and the Microsoft Surface came out, and you can necessarily argue whether that's a good product or not, and the Surface RT definitely did not turn out as well as they had necessarily hoped. But I think that overall, whether the product itself was a success, the things that Microsoft has learned from it have been a wild success. I think we're going to see just incrementally better stuff uh, as the months and years can go on. We'll go into more of this in a moment. We have Dan Berg joining Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. You've thought about it for years. Well, the time is now. You need a secret bunker, and you need it deep and strong. Atlas Survival Shelters should be your first and only choice. The experts at Atlas can help you choose a shelter that has all the comforts of your home and is 11 times stronger than square box shelters. Call Atlas at 1-855-4BUNKERS. 1-855-4BUNKERS. Or visit IWantThatBunker.com. Atlas Survival Shelters. Better prepared than scared. So, you've decided to get prepared. You're not sure that a case of ramen and a couple of granola bars under your bed will cut it as long-term food storage anymore. You're in luck. At Emergency Essentials, we have all the resources to get you started. From three-day emergency bug-out bags to year supplies of food and everything in between. Call Emergency Essentials at 800-999-1863 or visit BePrepared.com. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have Dan Berg. He works with The Verge as a reviews editor, and therefore he gets exposed to lots of good gear. We can see here Microsoft controlling Nokia, the largest maker of Windows Phone handsets. And I understand, obviously, if you have full control over manufacturing, you can op- optimize the OS to work as good as possible. We see that with Apple, if it's done properly. But what happens to other Windows Phone handset makers? Do they decide, you know what, let's just stay out of this. It's not really doing that much for us. Do we see HTC and Samsung continue or just quietly let it slip away? That's the big question, because right now we've seen Apple owning both the software and the hardware and doing it, but nobody else can use iOS. And just as nobody else can use the desktop operating system, Macintosh. Uh, But with uh, Android, it's really based on that open source platform where anybody can kind of go in, make edits of it, uh, HTC, if they want to put on, put their own skin, same with Samsung, they all kind of create their own features on top of it. I think what is going to happen is you're going to see companies like Google continue to do partnerships with like Samsung and HTC. And I think there's a very good chance that either uh, Microsoft will make Windows Phone strictly their baby and become more like Apple. Because as it is right now, the customizations that you do for Windows Phone 8 are not nearly as lucrative and and robust as for Android. So I think Google is going to remain the open platform for all the other manufacturers while continuing their own quest for their hardware. And I can definitely see Microsoft kind of moving more towards Apple and being more closed. One thing I see, of course, with Android is that Samsung is the largest maker of Android handsets on the planet. But Mm -hmm. in recent product releases, they haven't made such a big deal over the fact that it's Android. It's all filled with their own proprietary stuff. I had read some weeks back they were going to have a developer's conference. I don't know if they did or not. But it sounded Mm -hmm. to me as if they were building their own ecosystem, leveraging this atop Android. And eventually they could basically fork off Android, do it themselves. And where does that leave Google? Well, I think it still leaves Google in a very good place because they've built the Android operating system to be so optimized for Google and Google services that even if HTC or Samsung specifically customizes that operating system, at its core is still going to be that Google operating system. And then all of those ad views and all of those services and all of those customers are still going to be going to Google. So I still think it works out for them. But uh, as you were saying with Samsung, that's exactly right. They're turning the branding so that people are getting a Samsung phone. They're not getting an Android phone because people don't really say they're getting iOS. They say they're getting an iPhone and the iPhone runs iOS if, if they actually care enough to know about the operating system stuff. 
But in order for branding and you want to get loyal customers, which is what Samsung does, you got to really push the name so that when the users are going to get their next phone, they're looking for a Samsung and they're not looking for an Android. And either way, whether they buy the Moto X by Motorola that Google owns or they go with a Samsung phone, Google in the end is getting money from that. And therefore, Google is happy. So is Microsoft, I understand, because Microsoft gets fees for patents that they supposedly own, which are in Android. Oh, yeah. From what I understand, all of these companies own patents that infringe on everybody else. And it. Right now, it's kind of just like a stalemate where if anybody tries to sue the other, that everybody has leverage on everybody else. And so that's why nothing is really happening. Everybody just collects those. That's just because the entire patent system is broken. But yeah, I'm sure that they all make money on everybody in some to lesser degrees as well. I guess the jury is out on how well Microsoft will do. Possibly the products will be more optimized because it's brought in-house. But so far, Windows Phone hasn't gone anywhere. And maybe there's more hope there because BlackBerry looks like it's about out, isn't it? Yeah, it's about to fade out. That It's very sad because BlackBerry was the first big productivity business. People were addicted to that phone. It was amazing. It was an icon. And uh, now it's it's almost gone. They didn't keep up. So it's sad. Okay, so we can see here if BlackBerry sort of disappears or they sell their technology somewhere. Microsoft would be the victor in becoming the number three platform and getting more traction. Mm -hmm, Definitely. But does all this and this expense and buying Nokia at a fire sale price, and that's pretty darn cheap, $7.2 billion compared to what Google paid for Motorola Mobility, Mm -hmm. is that going to give them enough traction to really fight for a number two position? I think so. Um, I, I... I personally really like what Microsoft is doing with their operating system. They they were the first ones to do something different because the iPhone came out and then Android came out, which was just like the iPhone. And then Microsoft's doing something different. I think they have something there, especially with their desktop operating system. And at, at first, everybody complained about Windows 8, but it's kind of slowly taken over. Nobody's really saying too much badly about it anymore. And I think that the future of all of this is we can see this with uh, both uh, Mavericks with uh, Apple and with Windows 8 is the mobile operating system and the desktop operating systems are becoming more and more integrated. And I think that as Microsoft continues, if they actually do things right, there's going to be a really, really compelling reason to get Windows Phone if you are a Windows user. Just like if you have iOS, uh, then having uh, a Macintosh will allow you to do certain things and sync certain things and staying within their ecosystem is a lot better than kind of mixing and matching, as they say. Well, again, we'll have to see how the market plays itself out and where it goes. Now, Yeah, definitely. There were obviously criticisms of Apple, and there's a interview, published interview with Apple executives this week, where basically Tim Cook says, how could you expect anything else from us? We're not going to build cheap junk, and these are the products that we're going to sell. And obviously their decision is to offer older models if you need cheap. I understand, for example, that the iPhone 4 is still available in China and a couple of other countries. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think the interesting thing, the, the most interesting thing about their strategy and about if you want uh, a cheaper phone, get an older phone, is the iPhone 5C, which is the colorful, the cheaper one. Because in the past, what they've done is released the new phone and then put last year's slightly cheaper and the year before even cheaper than that. And it looks like they did something different this year, but in reality, they didn't. They, they're keeping it the exact same way they've always done it. They're just taking the middle phone and putting a new skin on it so that it looks new. So they're still offering the old phone because it's the exact same pretty much as the iPhone 5, except with a colorful backing. So it looks new, and so people are going to think it's new, and then it's going to sell a lot more than if it was just the iPhone 5 in the middle there. So it's genius, but they're still sticking with the exact same strategy they've had in the past, which is if you want a cheaper phone, get an older phone. And they can really do that because their older phones still work fairly well. Um, With the iPhone 4, it's a little bit Difficult if you want to run iOS 7, the new operating system. You can run it, but it's not going to be that good. Exactly. But it still runs, and it still runs iOS 6, which is uh, still a great operating system up until yesterday or the day before. It was like the one that you use, you know? So I think they're in a really good place because they build quality hardware that lasts, and they have a a really interesting way of marketing their new phones that I think is going to help them sell a lot more of the. 5c which is using older components which is obviously by now costing them a lot less because they've been manufacturing them for a year well it's not a hundred percent older components the lte circuitry is more modern with more channels and also the battery is a bit larger and the facetime camera the one on the front is a little bit better mm-hmm. so yeah there are yeah, incremental but the improvements is- but as you say fundamentally the iphone 5c is a repackaging of the iphone 5 in multiple colors. So they're keeping a slightly updated version of last year's in stock, plus the iPhone 4S, and in a few countries, the iPhone 4, which is a product that goes back to 2010. Gosh. Mm -hmm. But, you know, other companies sort of kind of do that. They keep the older models available, like, for example, now the Galaxy S4 is a new one, but you can still get a Galaxy S3 for $100 less. So Apple... And these other companies are all kind of doing the same thing. Dan Berg's yeah. joining us. He works with The Verge as reviews editor. And we'll get into some of the things he's covered in time here. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this 
this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Turn your food waste into fertilizer. That's right. Turn your food waste into fertilizer with the Bokashi Kits from Terraganics.com. Stop breaking your back turning those big piles of food waste and stop attracting a bunch of unwanted pests and flies. Recycle your leftover vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, bread, pizza crusts, and more with no foul smells, heavy lifting, or turning. It's easy. Finally, a way to recycle all of your food waste safely and effectively. Bokashi Kits turn food waste into fertilizer in as fast as two weeks, so it takes less time to create nutrient-rich humus for your garden or crops. No turning and no obnoxious odors. Recycle all your food wastes. It's as easy as one, two, three. See the Bokashi system and order your Bokashi kit online at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Dan Berg is with The Verge, and it's a tech publication of which he's reviews editor. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Dan was mentioning in our previous segment, how Apple has done a clever repackaging of the iPhone 5C. They've made it cheaper. Instead of buying last year's model, you get this year's model. It's like as if Honda decided, well, we're going to have a new Accord this year, but we'll still sell last year's Accord, but we'll sell it cheaper. Mm -hmm. I think the most interesting thing is before they made the announcement, I totally expected that there would be the 5S the 5C, and I thought the third one in the lineup would be the 5. And the reason why I thought that mostly was because I thought that Apple would be as quickly as they can moving towards getting rid of the 30-pin adapter. And releasing two new phones, keeping the third one, the iPhone 5, would be the perfect way to, within one fell swoop, just retire their old connector and bring all of their devices up to date because that way all of the iPhones would have it as well as uh, with the announcement of the new uh, iPads, all of the iPads, the current ones have it as well. So I was totally uh, of the opinion that that was what Apple was going to do, but they've surprised me by keeping the 4S in the lineup. So they've gone against what I thought they would and kind of still am surprised by this but at the same time they've they've kept up with what they've been doing like i was saying with all the previous years of keeping the two-year-old the one-year-old and then the newest phone in the lineup so apple will do more of a migration to lightning connector next year it's going to take another year all right now the critics really lambasted apple over this and for a while the stock price went down it's gone back up again Do you think the critics just don't understand what Apple's about? I think that everybody is really quick to criticize Apple. I'm not of the opinion that 
they know everything and they're infallible. But I think that definitely critics are very quick to jump on the bandwagon and say that everything is all over when in reality, Apple is the richest company and they're doing something right if they're up in the position where they are. And the fact that it so quickly jumps back up to where they were before just shows that it's just kind of water off the the duck's back. Well, it appears obviously that Tim Cook is used to this because Apple's stock price has always gone way up and way down. This is not new. Even when the stock price was a couple of hundred dollars, it would go down sharply, then it would go up. It's just a crazy ride. People may be taking it too seriously, or maybe Wall Street's playing a game where they sell short and they do all sorts of crazy financial shenanigans and that kind of thing. But do you think Apple at all should address this low-end market, or is that you know too much bottom-feeding, too much low-end gear, and no profit? I don't think that they should. I think they should keep doing what they're doing. We've seen Samsung kind of go after every single market segment possible. And even doing their exact same things, like with their notes and their galaxies and all the different size galaxies and all the everything. And they're just, they're really kind of getting every single possible conceivable size to try to just hope something sticks. And they're doing something right because behind Apple, their highest, uh, making uh revenue generating smartphone manufacturer but at the same time you have a, a, a samsung doesn't have the same kind of i don't want to say elegance but the the same it's not the same value you have an apple product and that product just has value versus samsung they're just everywhere and every size you just kind of grab one and i i don't think that you would do apple well to copy anybody else. And I don't think that they need to because they've gotten to where they are by doing what they're doing. So let's continue doing what's right. And they tell you this. They tell you this is the way we operate. They tell you this over and over again, and they're not being listened to. Now, one thing you were mentioning before we were talking about the fact that Android, amongst its advantages, is the fact that it's free to handset makers. It's infinitely customizable, but it's also humongously inefficient because it's not optimized for any particular piece of hardware. It's designed yes. to work in lots of hardware. And I'll give you an example. I upgraded to iOS 7 within minutes after it came out, because I'm mm-hmm. crazy. I, I think if, most people did. Right. I guess you did also, right? I, I've been using the beta since the beginning, because I'm a developer. Okay, so you, you're familiar with it. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing here. So I upgraded a third-generation iPad to iOS 7. Yeah. And... You know, it's like a real sea change. Let me tell you, listeners, you do the upgrade, and the first day, the Apple servers were slammed. It's not going to be as bad when you finally download your copy of iOS 7 if you haven't done it already. But what you will see after it happens, it takes about a half hour to download and install the update. And then your iPad, for example, will boot for the first time, and you'll see a small setup assistant, and it's like a new operating system because it's got the thin lettering and the minimalist artwork, it looks like a completely different thing. Yeah, it's like you have an entirely new device. Right. So I handed the iPad back to my wife. She uses it 98% of the time. And she said, what's this? And I said, it's just, you know, an updated interface. Everything works pretty much the same. And she came back at me maybe 15, 20 minutes later, and she said, yes, I first thought that you were 
you know, why did you do this to me? Why did you change things? And now it seems to work pretty much like it did before. So she's not a computer expert. She knows her iPad, though. But that's the point here is that Apple made a big change in the look. They added new features. But most everything you do is done the same way. As opposed to Microsoft with Windows 8, where everything you do, everything you learn with Windows is changed. Yeah. I I think that the interesting thing that uh, Apple has said about the new operating system is that the new one was designed based on the premise that people know that they should be tapping on glass. When the original iPhone came out, it was brand new to have a touchscreen that big that could do all the things that it could. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why people were so concerned about the keyboard. It was because up until then, nobody had ever done a touchscreen that had any value. And then the iPhone came out and it completely changed all of that. But when the iPhone first came out, they had to teach people that, yes, you you tap on this, you drag on this, you do this gesture. These are the ways to control your device. And at this point, if people have been using all of these different devices, whether it's iOS or Android or Windows Phone 8, and they know that they should be tapping on glass. So they re-envisioned the operating system based on the premise that people already know how to touch glass. So, okay, well, what should it look like now that it doesn't have to look like a button? It could be the word, which is one of the most controversial things that they actually have the word rather than a button or an icon. But people know that if you want to go back, you can click up there where it says back versus in the past, like with a regular phone, it would be a button. So that's why they had it. So they, on the one hand, redesigned the operating system based on the premise that people know how to tap on glass. And on the second hand, they had to base it on the pre-existing operating system and make it also familiar to people Because Apple is big on if you understand how to use the iPhone or the iPad, then you understand how to use every single app on it and every single feature. And they have big rules for developers to make apps look a certain way. So when they were doing their redesign, they needed to completely change the premise where, okay, people know how to use this phone, but also base it on the past and the familiar stuff. So they did a really good job because... I think pretty much anybody, if they upgrade and they've been using an iPhone before, they know how to use iOS 7. It might take a while to get used to because it is so different, but they know how to use it for sure. Okay, so one of the new features is the control center. Those who have followed Android will say, all right, control center has quick toggles for certain features like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. You want to save battery life or something, whatever. You have similar features in the notification center pane in Android. All right. We understand the resemblance. What they forget, however, is because you've crowded all that stuff in the notification center in Android, it's so easy for a wayward tap to turn off your Wi-Fi or turn off your Bluetooth or turn off your sink or turn off your faucet, whatever. The point being, suddenly you're without a service and you have to go back and figure out, what did I do? And I know what I've done. I've made ourselves ready for this announcement. Dan Berg joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. <laughs> 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. There's a huge and hushed up conspiracy going on that's about to turn your lives upside down in the coming few months. Unbelievably, the media are keeping quiet about this. I'm sure they know it, but they probably know that revealing it on TV will generate mass hysteria and chaos. But I believe you should be informed about it, because when the sinister agenda is finally accomplished and everything unravels, only those who know this secret info will survive and thrive. Go to 123conspiracy.com right now to see the truth. The video at 123conspiracy.com reveals the real, secret reason why Obama is after your guns and ammo. And it's not just in response to mass murders of preparing for war. It's something much darker. Go watch the video now at 123conspiracy.com before they shut it down. Again, that's 123conspiracy.com. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terragonics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. 
Order Pro EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro EM1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. With Dan Berg, we have further discussions about the mobile universe. He's reviews editor for The Verge. All right, so you get the point I'm saying here. With Notification Center, you've got your toggles for services in a way that's just above your notifications, and you tap something, you make a quick mistake, and the service is off. Now, with iOS 7, your toggles, your quick settings are on a separate pane, the control center, which comes up from the bottom as opposed to the top. So if you're going there and you're going to bring up control center, you know you want to do one thing, which is to activate something or deactivate something or adjust the volume level or the brightness or something or go to airplay or turn on the flashlight. Whatever it is, it's a specific function that reduces the chance for error. Am I wrong? You're exactly right, but it still makes me kind of sad, I should say. I feel I really like in Android the actionable notification. So if you see a message or something, you can archive an email, you can respond to a text message, you can tap a button. Whereas you're exactly right with the notification drawer versus uh, the menu that pulls up from the bottom. They're, they're two completely different things with the the notification drawer, it's only information that you're consuming uh, versus the bottom. You're toggling, you're changing, you're playing a song, you're turning on airplay. So it's nice that you're not actually going to turn something on, but I still wish that the notifications were more actionable. I think they're going to go there maybe maybe next year, but just not there yet. Apple doesn't always do things drastically. Sometimes they do things gradually. Oh, they always do things gradually. Well, just you like, know, they, you have a fingerprint sensor. That's not gradual. But the evolution of having a fingerprint sensor there has been years. I mean, it's taken the place of the home button. So the fingerprint sensor is an evolution of the home button, an evolution of, okay, entering in your password, of doing all these things. So I I think that that's just a regular evolutionary step. But iOS 6, the one that most people still have that Apple is phasing out slowly, is a direct evolution of the operating system that was on the very first iPhone. It's gone through six years of iterations, building on the same kind of core design, the core values, uh, and adding in all those features. Like when the first one came out, it didn't even have cut and paste. And so I think that they're kind of starting that again with iOS 7. And they've redesigned it, and I think that they're going to continue doing the evolutionary step, so adding those active notifications. And I think they're going to add active notifications soon because they just added them in OS X Mavericks. So the desktop operating system is going to be able to respond to messages directly and notifications and do all that kind of stuff. And I definitely see that coming to iOS very soon. It makes me sad that it's not there yet. I'm ready. It's going to happen. Now, in using iOS 7, did you find any problems, things that just aren't working right yet? 
At first, yes, with all the beta versions, but of course those are the betas. And this year specifically, they really released a kind of early version. Although at the same time, it was way more complete than I thought it was, given the entire redesign of the operating system. But there were definitely a few apps that didn't work, and it gradually went more and more. Uh, since I've switched to the Golden Master, which I've had for, I think it was been out for a little about a week, maybe a little bit longer, I've pretty much had no issues. And I, I've been thrilled too, because all of these different apps have released their new redesigned versions like Facebook and Twitter. They're all, they all have the new look to match Apple's new operating system. And they're beautiful. I love the changes that they've made. And I, as of yet, I haven't run into any bugs or issues. Okay. I'm the third generation iPad. I've had a few quits in settings. Do a setting and suddenly quits to the desktop. Okay. Yeah. I know the iPad version is definitely not as stable as the iPhone version. I I installed it on my iPad mini on top of uh, little issues such as the one that you're experiencing. It also doesn't look as good with a non-retina display just because the, the fonts are so thin and the design is so delicate that having the lower resolution display of the mini just, it does not look as good, which... I'm sure uh, later this year when Apple announces the new iPads, the mini is going to go retina. I'm, I'm fairly sure of that. And so that'll solve all those issues. But as of right now, I'm, I'm going to be holding onto my mini for a while now. And it makes me uh, sad that it doesn't look as nice. And hopefully it'll get the updates to work fine soon. Well, perhaps there'll be a 7.0.2. There is, a, by the way, a 7.0.1 for the iPhone 5C and the iPhone 5S. Oh, good. So quickly. So maybe they'll fix some of the rendering issues with regard to the iPad mini. There is a setting, though, that improves contrast under accessibility. Yeah. And there's also one that system-wide can make the font bigger, which is fantastic if you have difficulty seeing the font, especially now that they switched it to such a, a thin font or lightweight, as they say in typography. I kind of wish they made it thicker. I really do. I think it would look better if it was one weight thicker. But from an artistic standpoint, I guess you get used to it. That's the big thing I've noticed with iOS 7. And that's kind of what I'm telling people. Because overall, I think from things that I've read and seen from uh, a lot of my friends who don't necessarily follow the tech world uh, as much as me, is everybody upgrading. It's a big shock because it looks completely different. But I think overall, people are excited and happy especially compared to last year last year all anybody ever talked about was maps and sure maps wasn't very good but i don't think it deserved the sheer amount of just overwhelming craziness that really occurred but this year people are fairly excited and there's been a few friends that are like hey can i go back like i, I don't like this at all but i i think that within two weeks they'll be totally happy with the operating system and just be happy with all the new stuff that it does well that was one of the problems with the criticisms they look at the face it uh -huh. looks different but they didn't cover the fact that there are a large number of new features apple says over 200 here's a point also which i observe more and more and i can't help but repeat it okay third generation ipad ios 7 and the thing you'll notice about it is everything is smooth and fluid. And when you move things around, you swipe things around, you scroll, and you look at the screen and lettering, like on a website, remains the same as it's moving. Illustrations, everything, no impact. It just moves smoothly. Now you go to the Galaxy S4, which is what? The most powerful 
smartphone on the planet running the Android platform, whatever. Mm -hmm. You move things around, the lettering thickens, the movement is not smooth but slightly ragged. It's as if, of course, that the operating system is not fine-tuned to the hardware. Samsung is using the most powerful processors, lots of memory, to smooth out the ragged edges, but they're there. Yeah, they have to overcompensate. That's why it's the, the most powerful phone, because they want to try to actually make a, a smooth, as smooth an experience as they can. Whereas, and that's why everybody's getting into, all the software people are getting into hardware too, because they want that seamless Apple experience, because that's exactly it. And it's the little things like that, that if you're somebody that isn't too observant and you don't actually pay attention to that kind of stuff, even if you don't see it with your conscious mind, it's something that subconsciously gets picked up. And that's why when you grab uh, an iPhone or an iPad, it just it feels more premium versus some of these other devices. We have a lot more to cover mm -hmm. in the remaining two segments of the show with Dan Berg of The Verge. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio. DreamHost.com slash radio. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What if it happened? The lights go out and the power doesn't come back. Could you provide your family with the basic necessities of life? We can teach you how at the Sustainable Preparedness Expo. Sunday, September 29th at the Evergreen State Fairgrounds in Monroe, Washington. Learn about growing all your own food, herbal medicine, emergency medical and dental techniques, water well hand pumps, seed saving, emergency radio communication for beginners, and other life-saving information to provide you with the knowledge to survive in the direst of situations. 
situations. There's a wide variety of vendors offering the latest preparedness products and services. Plus, visit the Longevity booth. The Sustainable Preparedness Expo is an event the entire family will enjoy. For tickets and registration info, go to sustainablepreparedness.com. Enter promo code GCN to save $3 on tickets. Don't wait to be a victim. Plan ahead with the Sustainable Preparedness Expo. Sunday, September 29th at the Evergreen State Fairgrounds in Greater Seattle. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA Drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Danberg of the Verge joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We focused on mobile platforms, Nokia and Microsoft and Google and Motorola Mobility. And, of course, having the vertically integrated product, the advantages of that, which, of course, the smooth integration of hardware and software. And speaking of the hardware, of course, Apple introduced the A7. And this was a surprise we didn't expect. We heard about the A7. And early benchmarks are showing it to be about twice as fast as the A6. But oh, it's a beast. This thing is powerful, powerful compared to even Android, which is amazing to me because Apple has always been about, it's about the experience rather than the power. And then they release this chip that just blows everybody else away. And it's 64-bit. Now, Apple's been there with 64-bit. You know, OS X mm-hmm. went 64-bit a thousand years ago. So adapting iOS to 64-bit to them is something that's old hat. They know how to do it. Now that they're doing their own custom chip designs, they have a 64-bit chip. Now, there is, of course, a suggestion that the only improvements you see are when you have 4 gigabytes of RAM or more, but what Apple is doing is using a much newer ARM architecture, so it's much more efficient, and therefore it gives you more performance across the board. Yeah, that's exactly what I've heard is I, I heard the argument that you need four gigabytes of memory in order to make it a different, but I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with the specifics and like the hardware level type stuff. But from what I understand, that is definitely not the case. And the thing that I think is funny too is these people that are saying that the 64 bit isn't necessary or it's overkill, that kind of stuff within give it a year, maybe two years. This is going to be standard across the board. I also have a feeling that the fingerprint scanner that Apple created, something along those lines, some sort of authentication system that's super easy, is also going to be standard across the board within a year or two. 
Already apps are starting to develop 64-bit versions. But this is not an easy thing to do on the Android platform. Yes, we realize that Samsung can adopt the same ARM processor technology, but then Android is a lot more complicated than iOS in the sense of you've got that Java middleware that's mm-hmm. part of the package, and therefore, correct me if I'm wrong here, to go 64-bit, first they have to get the Java libraries from Oracle that are 64-bit, and then they have to make Android 64-bit, and they have to integrate everything and make it work with the various new hardware, and then, of course, the app developers have to get with the program, but with Android, the problem is here is a large number of users are using older versions. So even if they went 64-bit, it could take many years before it would make a difference. Yeah, not to mention the relationship between Oracle and Google is definitely not the friendliest. Yeah, we can't think that Oracle's going to get a call from Larry Page <laughs> and say, hey, we need that 64-bit library. And, of course, the CEO of Oracle, who, by the way, was a close friend of Steve Jobs, says, in my (laughs) you-know-what. Exactly. Well, and again, this is one of the issues, and this is why people want to own both the software and the hardware, because when there is uh, an evolutionary step to be had, you don't want to be reliant on other factors, other companies, other people, other anything in order to get there. You want to be able to snap your fingers and you want to be able to get there and do what needs to be done. And when you have elements that are out of your control, that is a lot scarier. And that's how companies fail because they can't keep up with the times. And Apple is definitely, once again, setting a precedent with this phone. And it's going to be up to the other companies to get there. And that that's another reason, too. I was saying that I, I like Microsoft. I see Windows Phone 8 definitely growing larger than it is now. That, that's another one of the reasons why, because I think that Microsoft is, they, they know what they're doing. And I think that Apple is a lot more scared of Microsoft than they are of Android. Well, of course, the biggest number of Android phones are the cheaper ones. Yeah. And that's part of it right there. A lot of it is just inventory that's being dumped into the channel. And you don't know if people are even buying it. You know, that's a big question right there. Yeah, and it's cheapening it, too, because when you have all of these cheap Android phones that are not running Android very well, it shows that there can be a version of Android that's not good, and that in turn lowers the perceived value of it, even for the higher-end phones. Okay, so we're covering right now the things that Apple's done compared to what the other companies have done. And by the way, this is something that you may not have heard, but this news first came on, okay? And that is, as we know, Walt Mossberg has worked with Dow Jones, Wall Street Journal, All Things D for a number of years. And he and Kara Swisher will be leaving the Wall Street Journal at the end of the year. And he's like the dean of tech columnists. What's your reaction to that? I heard, yes, that he's leaving. Yeah, so what's your reaction to that? Do you know him at all? Not that familiar with this, no. Right, well, you know, I met him occasionally and I had him on the show once, but that's interesting that they have severed their partnership. You know, it would be equivalent to, say, David Pogue if he left the New York Times. Yeah, I know that this is definitely um, a big deal. It comes as a big surprise to me because I thought that, uh, yeah. They have not uh, announced who's going to replace them yet, but it, it should be interesting to see what they do. Well, supposedly they're going to be hiring a lot of people to expand their tech section. 
but it's going to be more generic. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So we have to see how it comes on. By the way, I was noticing also, if you go to TheVerge.com, they've got an article from one of your compatriots over there, flat out the best new apps for iOS 7. And it's amazing how many of the big players and even the small players have come out with iOS 7 apps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going through it. Even Google <laughs> came out with some iOS 7 savvy apps. Who could have thunk it? They need those ad clicks. Yeah, well, that that's how Google makes their money. I mean, you have a company like Apple that makes hardware and then sells expensive phones and makes a lot of money doing that. And then you have Google, which licenses out their software to other manufacturers for free and has to make their money through ad clicks and from collecting people's information and selling that to other businesses. So, of yeah. course, yeah, they'll jump right in there. And and the, and the Google apps for iOS are gorgeous. They're amazing. I mean, when they came out with Google Maps, it really blew Apple Maps away. Like, it was great. And it was done in the style of iOS, too. Like, Google hires big fans of Apple to work for them. And I've read stories, too, how it's like, their own little world because they're like this little camp that they all have their iPhones and stuff and on Google's campus where everybody is just all Android. But you've really got to hire the right people to do the job and there's a big opportunity for Google because Google wants to just get everywhere. That, that's their biggest uh, MO. It's kind of like, of course, the Mac business unit at Microsoft, which is a couple of hundred people living in the Apple universe on the Microsoft campus and also in the Silicon Valley, only difference is, of course, is that the Mac version of Microsoft apps, well, we can say the less, the better. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Now, in terms of marketing, I have to think how Microsoft's impacted by this. Okay, you buy a new iOS device after September 1st. You get the iLife apps for iOS and iWork, all three apps, numbers, pages, keynote, free. Free downloads if you want it. You don't have to have it, but you get it free. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, people have been wondering whether Microsoft would consider bringing Office to the iPad. And now Apple's kind of jumped in there with iWork, which reads Office files, as you know, and it's free. And what does a company like Microsoft do? Because suddenly they've shown you these devices can be productive devices, but they're also leaving less room for Microsoft to get in on the action and do you think, my friend, that maybe Apple, I'm um, take this question to our final segment, maybe Apple would consider when OS X Mavericks comes out with a new Mac hardware, you not only get iLife, but you get iWork free as well as part of the package. Think about that. Dan Berg of The Verge joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Ceramic body armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel body armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel body armor just won't quit. You are now in the crosshairs. The NSA and FBI are treating you like a criminal and monitoring your every move. Ron Paul said recently, the evidence of the totalitarian nature of this government is on display undeniably every day. What's taking place right now is a coup and the destruction of the Constitution. Fortunately, there is something you can do about it. Learn how to be invisible, lock down your privacy, and even disappear forever. Go to privacylockdown.com to learn how. That's privacylockdown.com. September is National Preparedness Month in the U.S., and it's National Savings Month at Freeze Dry Guy. Are you prepared to save? All Mountain House freeze dried foods in number 10 cans are now 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These long lasting foods for emergency preparedness with a guaranteed 25 year shelf life are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These easy foods for camping, backpacking, hunting, and sailing are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. These delicious foods, freeze dried to lock in the taste, aroma, and freshness, are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. All cans of Mountain House freeze dried meats, entrees, fruits, and veggies are 40% off at freezedryguy.com. Be prepared and save 40% now through September 30th at freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Pharmacist Ben Fuchs knows the importance of proper digestion. Make sure you take a look at the Ultimate Enzyme product. They're made with bile salts and fat digestion enzymes and protein digestive enzymes. And not only do the Ultimate Enzymes give you obvious benefits for digestion, but they can also help keep your blood flowing through your circulatory system. As most of you probably know by now, thick, sludgy, clotting blood is a serious risk factor for heart disease and stroke. Clearly, inappropriate and excessive blood clotting is a major health issue, and thick, sludgy blood is not just about heart health either. Sludgy blood can compromise oxygenation and nutrient delivery to all your cells and tissues and organs and ultimately lead to almost any health issue you can name. Concerned about proper digestion and heart health? Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsidebed.com. That's brightsidebed.com. Order today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
So Dan Berg of The Verge, where his reviews editor joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Out Live for this final segment. Okay, we're looking at all the new good stuff. We're not reviewing the iPhone 5C or the 5S. Next episode, we'll cover that thoroughly. We've covered iOS 7 for a bit here. So what do you think, Dan Berg? Is there a chance that maybe Apple will consider with the release of OS X Mavericks and obviously maybe some more updated Mac hardware to make iWork free with the purchase of a new Mac? I definitely think so. I mean, the making of it free with any new device, it really shows that they're stepping up their game in terms of uh, document editing and really the cloud computing. And I think it's not just Microsoft and Office that they're really competing with. I think the big one right now that uh, a lot of people are using is the Google Apps and Google Docs. I know I, for one, pretty much do all of my writing in Google Docs, and then I'll transfer it elsewhere to like our, our uh, website to post and different sources like that. But I use Google Documents for everything. I use Google Documents because that's the best solution, and it's available everywhere on any computer that I'm on. And I think that both Windows and Apple are, in that regard, trying to catch up to Google. So Microsoft is doing that with Office 360 and making it pretty much available on any device that you're on because they want to really catch up to Google. And now Apple is getting into that exact same game. Of course, they just updated their software, iCloud for Windows. And uh now, of course, you have iCloud.com, which gives you pages, numbers, Keynote online, whether you own the apps or not, you can do it online. Exactly. Just like the the Google apps and just like Google Docs. And the best part, their strategy for their devices is it's really great because when you buy a new device, it's going to prompt you. It's going to say, hey, this is yours. Do you want to install it? So it doesn't come pre-installed, but there's an instant kind of alert that, hey, you could be using this. And I think a lot of people are going to say, yeah, sure. And then because it's there, that's what they're going to use. And then they're going to be in Apple's iCloud ecosystem. And that's where they're going to stay. And for most people, they don't need all the superpower features of Word or Excel or PowerPoint. They don't need them. No, not at all. And this I can't remember the last time I, I used one of the more advanced features of Word. Like maybe once or twice I lamented that I didn't I couldn't do something, but I, I was able to find a workaround that was totally fine in the end. Okay, so the point being here is that if you can create documents with eighty percent of the key features you need and gradually add more of those features as you develop the product. And you give, with iCloud, by the way, more of a desktop-like experience. The more you make it a desktop experience, and with speedy web access, it acts almost like a desktop app, you know, Microsoft is going to see a lot of encroaching there because Google, of course, is pushing their apps more and more. In fact, I think they have an app suite that they're making available for iOS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, at this point... Everybody's kind of offering the same sort of deal, which is the document editing, the Excel editing. And it's really a a grab to get the most number of customers now, because once you're comfortable, once you're involved in one uh, ecosystem, the, the cost of switching to another is so high. And not like the monetary cost, but just like the amount of work and 
the transferring and worrying that you're going to lose files, you're going to lose information and getting used to an entire new system, that entire experiential cost is so great that you're not going to have a lot of people switching, especially if they're people that don't necessarily use technology a lot. And that's really the next big grab because as you have it right now people like you and me that love technology we're using these services we're trying it out we're finding which ones we like while they're still new but the people that aren't as savvy as us are not that and they're just going to use whatever's there those are who all three of these companies really really want to have and they are aggressively going after them right now and remember by the way if you decide to buy a mac instead of windows there is a migration assistant for Windows for most people. You know, it does things like grab your email and your documents and your photos and all that. And they work really well, too. Yeah. And it goes into the comparable areas on the Mac. The point being, this is free. It used to require extra software. But as long as you can hook up the two computers somehow, you know, with Wi-Fi or whatever, Apple wants you to switch because they know once they get you into their ecosystem, it's going to be difficult to leave. It's like the surveys that show, Dan, that someone who uses Android is three or four times as apt to go to iOS as vice versa. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even with me, I've been playing with uh, the Moto X a lot and the, the Droid Mini, although I hate the hardware. I love Motorola, Google slash Motorola's new version of uh, Android with the active notifications is fantastic. I love Google now. It's so much better than Siri. But if I were to make the switch uh, to, say, the Moto X, I would lose all of the apps that I've spent so much money on and all of the great things that I've already done. And the Motorola X and all these phones are getting so much closer to Apple now. It's it's almost... Uh, face-to-face but because of like you were saying with the scrolling it's not quite there yet but the the whole physical cost of me rebuying those apps or if the apps are available is really holding me back from seriously considering it even though i just i love the moto x do you think motorola can get a leg up on samsung if their new phone is any indicator yes because right now samsung is in the case where they're just throwing as many things as they can at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, I'd like to take one of those Galaxy Gear smartwatches and throw them against the wall. I think that's a pathetic product. Oh, yeah. It's a response to what they feared Apple would be doing, but it's terrible. It's it's just terrible. So, Do you think there's going to be an iWatch in our future, or is this just a rumor? Okay, when? Next year? I I don't think it's going to be a watch. I think that we should be thinking about it differently. It's going to be a wrist-worn device. Just like the iPhone, you can call it a phone, but it's more of like a computer in your hand that sometimes makes phone calls, and every year you're kind of making less and less phone calls. I think that that's going to be more what it is. But yeah, I think we'll see something maybe in the next year. Hopefully in the next year. I think they were ready. Well, supposedly they're buying up the iWatch trademark. So you yeah. could, of course, call it an iWatch, have the watch face, but still have it do all sorts of other things. My projection, though, and just write this down. We'll talk about it when it happens. Mm-hmm. Right now, existing smartwatches are not smart because they are dumb terminals for a smartphone or a tablet. They're not smart. I think Apple wants to build a standalone device that, yes, could mate by Bluetooth or something, 
with none of the device, but it has to have its core functions embedded within the gadget so you don't need anything else. You can't just take out your iWatch. Oh, I forgot my iPhone. It doesn't work today. That's absurd. I, I think 100% Apple has to think- agree. Okay, you see? Yep, you know 100%. It's going to be a standalone product. It's going to work with all their products, just like their iPhone works with their desktop. But it's going to have functionality by itself. It's going to be compelling to get people. It's going to be a new category, just like the iPad was a new category. Speaking of categories, tell us about The Verge and where we can find more of your stuff. Yeah, you can check me out at The Verge. We are the intersection of technology, culture, art, and news. And uh, I am Dan at uh, The Reviews Editor. And you can check me out on Twitter at Dan Berg. And that's Dan with two N's. So D-A-N-N-B-E-R-G. Okay, you can check us out on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We're known as Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Also go to our major web portal at TechNightOwl.com. Once again, that's TechNightOwl.com. And we have another radio show all about wacky things like UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week, we're going to talk to someone who wrote a book about Inside the Real Area 51, the secret history of Wright-Patterson. That's Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. The Real Area 51 at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Dan Berg, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.